Welcome to the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, registered dietitian and weight loss BFF, Lauren Hubert. Each week, we are changing the narrative that women can be hot and successful at the same damn time and do it in a healthy way. Sexy fit babes, welcome back to another episode of the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. We are in for a treat today with a fun episode, and let's be real. As women, we have so much going on with our hormones every time of the month. Um, Some women, some of my clients in particular are so regular. They follow a strict 28-day, four-part menstrual cycle. And while others have issues with their hormone functioning and specifically their menstrual cycle and their periods every month. And although we usually talk about just strictly nutrition stuff, This is why today I wanted to invite someone super special on who has dedicated her entire life to teaching women, just like you and I, how to use our own hormonal and neurochemical patterns to create an extraordinary life, feel our best, and ultimately become our hottest and healthiest version of ourselves. That's why today we're joined by the incredible Elisa Vitti, who's an integrative nutritionist, hormone expert, and the bestselling author of Woman Code. She's also the founder of Flow Living, that is F-L-O, and we're going to talk all about it, baby. And her site is a trusted virtual destination for women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s to learn how to naturally balance their hormone and reproductive issues and get to the root of any endocrine disruptions. On today's episode, we're going to talk with Elisa about what women like you and I can do to learn more about our cycles, channel the information we do know about different times of the month and how it impacts our hormones, impacts our hunger, and really understand our cycle on a deeper level so we're able to eat in a way that supports our hormone functioning. I do want to mention that this episode is a more advanced episode if you guys are new around here. Many of the topics we discuss in today's episode are high level things that can be implemented once you have a really solid foundation with nutrition. However, I totally understand. And I do want to put a disclaimer that so many of y'all, if you were a client of mine, I would look at you and say, girlfriend, we need to create a strong foundation before we have a lot of fun with increasing and decreasing calories and optimizing with special foods. We need to focus on balanced meals, consistency with our calories and everything in between. So take today's episode with a grain of salt, depending on where you're at on your journey, but know that no matter what, your hormones and your cycle have massive impact on your health and your body. And ultimately it has to be in check, just like your calories for you to achieve your hot girl goals. We are here with someone very special who, by the way, went to my high school and who was also in Greek life. We were talking about it before, Elisa Vitti. Welcome. Hi, Lord. It's so good to be here. I'm so pumped to have you here. So I just want to rip off the Band-Aid and talk all things women's cycle because I get so many questions about our cycles, how it impacts weight loss or hormones, how we feel looking and feeling our best. And truthfully, we're not really taught that much about our cycle. It's something that honestly, growing up, like you learn a little bit and we went to the same high school. So it's actually funny. I learned a little bit about my cycle in school, but like not about the phases, not about how it makes you feel, not about how to manage it. So can you walk us through kind of how you got into this realm of education and built this like empire around your cycle? Well, I mean, I will answer that, but I just want to back up and say, it is such a frustrating thing because when you're talking about looking and feeling your best and having your optimal weight and feeling your sexiest, it all comes down to your hormones. And so it really is an exciting thing to be able to share this because if you've been struggling with acne at any age and stage or stubborn weight 
or you feel like you're making progress parts of the month and then you're backsliding other parts, I am here to answer the existential questions of why is this still a problem? I will get you to a solution today. And I love doing that because I know what it feels like to be disempowered. And this sort of circles back to your original question, which is how did this all happen? Why do I, why am I the person who loves your period the most on planet earth? There is a story. (laughs) And the story goes that when I was supposed to be menstruating from 12 to 22, I only got a period about five or six times. And half of those were chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. And I went to the doctor religiously, the OBGYN, to figure out why I wasn't menstruating and why I was gaining weight and why my acne was getting worse and why I was more and more miserable. And I was just told that it was normal to have an irregular cycle and that I should just go on the pill and there was nothing to worry about. Meanwhile, I could really tell something was wrong. I could look at myself compared to other girls my age and I could see that I was not having the hormonal effect that seemed to be what was the norm for other girls my age. But I was being dismissed at the doctor's office. And so after about seven years of beating down the doors, I was then a student at Johns Hopkins planning to become an OBGYN because nothing like not getting your period to make you fascinated about women's health. And so I was, that was my, oh my goodness. That was my plan. My plan was to become an OBGYN. And I was in the medical library one night researching for my own benefits. I was really just not feeling well at all. and uh, not feeling normal. And I wanted to know what was potentially could be wrong with me. So I was researching and I found in the little obstetrics journal, an article about Stein-Leventhal disorder, which is now called PCOS. And I, Mm -hmm. I mean, had every symptom and I couldn't believe that seven years had gone by and no one had diagnosed me with that. Long time. Long time. And I went to my gynecologist the next day without an appointment. Anyway, when we regrouped, she said, you know what? You're right your diagnosis is correct. Sorry, we didn't catch it, you know, and there's nothing we can do. This will be something that you're plagued with and you have to take medications. You'll have to take more and more medications, the pill to start, then maybe other drugs to manage your blood sugar for um, conception. You may never be able to have kids, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, obesity. You know, I'm a young woman, 20, 20, 21. And I thought to myself, that's just not my future. I am going to take my very expensively trained mind and I'm going to figure this out. Yes, you are, girlfriend. And you and, did. And I did. And I promised myself that if I could figure this out, that I would then build a healthcare platform for women who have hormonal issues to get the care and support that they need as a complement to the care and support that they get from their OBGYN, right? You got to go to your OBGYN. You need your annual, you need all that great stuff that they can do. But for the chronic menstrual issues, your PCOS, your fibroids, your endometriosis, adenomyosis, um, ovarian cysts, idiopathic infertility, hormonal aging, you know, the early signs of perimenopause, adult acne, stubborn weight, you know, vaginal dryness, night sweats, all these things there's not a lot of support for you when you go to the GYN. You don't need me to tell you that. There's birth control. That's it. A couple of other things. There's not much, okay? And that comes down to a lot of gender bias that's still pervasive in research. Women are not being researched in their reproductive years because our hormones are quoted as too complicated, to, you know, which is nonsense. So, you know, it's just a whole thing that leaves us kind of without the support that we deserve 
to really learn how to understand our hormones and what the signs and symptoms are of imbalance and then how to navigate those naturally and effectively, most importantly, so that we break free from A, settling with symptoms, like suffering with these symptoms, or also settling with symptom management. Like it's not good enough for you to just spot treat your zits. They're just going to come back and you're going to just have a lot of expensive potions and lotions. And trust me, as somebody who had severe cystic acne, I will promise you there isn't anything topical you could put on your skin to clear up your acne, but there's all this internal work you can do to make that happen, right? So these are the things that I'm passionate about. This is why we do what we do at Flow Living. That's why I have built this whole this whole world for women, because I am one of those women who needed that help and it wasn't there. And I just thought that it was something that needed to be done. So I volunteered myself to do it. (laughs) Volunteered it. I love it. And with what you're saying is making me really think about both women who have a medical condition like PCOS and they're experiencing these symptoms or even women who feel they're like they're generally healthy. They don't think anything is quote unquote wrong with their cycle, but, but I think both of those populations, correct me if I'm wrong, are struggling to understand their cycle in its entirety and also really how it impacts their health day to day and living. Um, so can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, in fact, uh, in 2000, I say 15 or 16, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists decreed that your cycle is now to be considered your fifth vital sign. And just to be clear, you got these other four vital signs. They take them in the emergency room if you come in. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. And, and that's also important because you also are conditioned to take those vital signs seriously, right? If you have an elevated temperature, hello, pandemic, we all know to take that seriously. If you have elevated blood pressure, you know to take that seriously, right? You take immediate action because you've received the correct information and education and you've been conditioned with repeated messaging to take it seriously. Now your cycle is your fifth vital sign, but this is new. The the memo has not gone wide enough yet. So we don't all know that as like like we know about our temperature being Mm -hmm. elevated, right? And then we haven't received the proper information. So we don't know which actions to take. And in fact, we don't take any action typically, right? And how do you know? You you might say to yourself, well, gee, I get my period on time. It's fine. If you have any PMS, for example, any whatsoever, from moodiness to bloating to fatigue, breast tenderness, breakouts, cramps, All of these are signs of hormonal imbalance. All of these are signs that your fifth vital sign is not functioning optimally, right? It would be like taking your temperature. Your temperature is off by a few degrees. Sometimes it's off by one, sometimes it's off by five, right? The more it's off, the more aggressive action you would want to take. Same thing with your cycle. If you have some symptoms, you want to take some action. If you have lots of symptoms and a diagnosis, you want to take as much action as possible, but we are not trained to do that. Instead, we are receiving conditioning that says something to the effect of, oh, it's the curse for women. And therefore there's nothing you can do. It's the great mysterium, unknowable confusion that is your hormones. And you should just try to shove it in the closet and hope for the best. My, my mind is being blown right now because 
even symptoms, like you're saying, if you are having severe cravings, pain in your abdomen, breast tenderness, like these normalized symptoms for our period, what you're saying is that is an indication that there is hormonal, obviously change going on, but it means there's also hormone imbalance in particular, meaning it's something that we need to quote unquote fix or address. Address. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important because the conditioning comes out of gender bias and a sexist rhetoric that your body is somehow flawed and cursed as a female um, or with female hormones. And that is just so ridiculous. It's not scientifically accurate and it's really outdated. And so listen, we can't wait for everything to like, you know, catch up, but you can reclaim the truth for yourself and start acting in a way that supports your real biological needs. And it's important because if you're having symptoms with your cycle, PMS, et cetera, you then may, of course, have symptoms with managing your weight and your metabolism, right? Or your skin or your mood, it's all connected. And what's really elegant about supporting the female hormonal system is once you get- Elegant. It's very elegant because once, instead of having to like try to work on your weight over here, try to work on your skin with these things, try to do this for your sleep, try to do that for your mood. It's much more elegant and efficient to actually support your hormones and give them what they need for their optimal functioning. And then your body does the work of clearing up your skin you know, getting your metabolism to work, stabilizing your mood. And I speak from personal experience, right? I used to be obese, over 200 pounds, covered face, chest, and back in cystic acne, not ovulating, not menstruating, depressed, anxious, insomniacal, you know? In fact, that is one of the reasons why I was at the library on a Saturday night looking up what was wrong with me, because what does an obese, acneic, insomniacal girl do on a Friday night at school, right? Try to figure out how to get better, right? Yeah. And so- I think that it's important for women to understand it's so much easier to take care of yourself if you take care of what is core to your biological functioning, which in your reproductive years are your hormones. Period. Pun intended. All the things. Oh my goodness. I I love a good pun. I like, I'm the, I'm the queen of dad jokes. Yes. I'm not a dad guys, but like I'm the queen of dad jokes, so I love it. It might be a new England thing though. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a Newton thing. Uh, oh my goodness. As you're talking, I'm also thinking about the fact, and I see this to women all the time from the weight loss dietitian perspective, right? The calorie deficit, the balanced mm. meals, the understanding the macros, all of this is important. But none of it matters if your hormones are out of whack. It well, doesn't actually how much you track your calories. You're not going to lose weight. Your body has to be synchronized together. And I feel like that's just something that the weight loss field needs to start screaming even louder. Here's what I want you to know. And I wrote a whole, my second book in the flow is all about this. The first book, Woman Code is really about how do you, if you have one of these conditions, you know, what are the steps you take to recover from PCOS, endo, fibroids, et cetera. But then there was this this big glaring omission. There were two things. I was sort of racking my brain as to why is it that there's wellness, wellness everywhere the past decade, but women are sicker than ever before. And, And compared to men, why are women suffering so much more hormonally than men are? And I really wanted to answer that question. So I dug into the science and I came up with two things that just made me so passionate about writing a second book. And that one's called In the Flow. And here's what I uncovered. One, your hormones, your gender and your age bracket, reproductive age bracket is being actively left out of clinical 
fitness and nutrition research. It's an enormous problem. The medical community is very concerned about it. They're active since 95. They've been actively trying to get women more included in medical research and progress in the past decade has been very minimal. They're concerned about it and they're trying to work on it. But in fitness and nutrition research, it's all based on male, all the research is conducted on men and sometimes includes postmenopausal women. Mm-hmm. And the case in point that I love to bring up, which I brought up in the book is around intermittent fasting, which I will revisit in a moment. But the second thing that blew my mind was that the, the big thing that we're getting wrong, right? With this doing this calories in calories out thing, which you do do. Okay. But we're doing it slightly wrong because we're doing it based on the male hormonal pattern. Women, it turns out in their reproductive years have a second biological rhythm. So we all know about the circadian rhythm and how absolutely essential it is to take care of it. The Boston Women's Nurses Studies proved that to uh, you know, a huge point. We're all wearing our blue light blocking glasses and we're all doing the things to do good sleep hygiene. And we're, we know our circadian rhythm is critical for our health, short-term and long-term. But women have a second rhythm and it's called the infradian rhythm. And this rhythm, yes, you experience it over the course of your menstrual cycle, but just like your circadian rhythm is more than just your sleep-wake cycle, right? It governs the time of day when your bowels are most active or your blood pressure is the highest, et cetera. Your infradian rhythm affects your metabolic rate, your immune response, your stress response, your sexual response, et cetera, et cetera, right? Your cognitive patterns. It absolutely affects so many essential things about you. And because we're eating and exercising and living and working in ways that were only researched to provide benefit for the male hormonal pattern, we are unknowingly disrupting our infradian rhythm and disrupting all these major systems of our bodies. So if you've ever wondered, gee, why is it that my mood is off? I can't concentrate. I can't, my sex drive is not what I want it to be. My skin, my fertility, my periods, whatever your weight. It isn't that there's so many things wrong with you. It's that you're disrupting your infradian rhythm. The degree to which you're having those issues is the degree to which you're disrupting this infradian rhythm. So when we go back to calories in, calories out, right? That's an important thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. When in the cycle are you doing what amount? And here's what the research shows. In the first half of your cycle, the follicular and ovulatory phases, your metabolism is running slower. After you cross over ovulation and now in the second half, the luteal phase and the menstrual phase, your metabolism speeds up. If you don't eat enough, you're going to have disruption in insulin, disruption in cortisol, disruption in progesterone, massive PMS, mood swings, cravings, fatigue. And you're probably going to be hangry AF because everyone gets right. hungry on their period. Well, and worse than that, your body is going to receive the hormonal chemical conversation that programs it to store fat. This is also true of exercise, it turns out. The U.S. women's soccer team, they are very heavily invested in optimizing their female athletes' performance, and they're doing a great job. And they have looked at the research, and it's conclusive. You can't do the same hit workouts in the luteal phase because it turns on fat storage and it turns on muscle wasting. So this was a huge breakthrough for me too, personally, because I've maintained a 50-pound weight loss for over two decades. And what I can tell you is that I have achieved that by this method that I created out of this research, which is called the cycle syncing method. And basically what it, it allows you to do is to learn how to eat 
specific types of foods that optimize your hormonal balance in each of the four phases of your cycle and to do the right workouts in each of the four phases of the cycle to optimize muscle gain and fat utilization. Whether that is something, whether fat loss is a goal for you or not, you want to burn fat as fuel when you're working out, right? So if you want to lose weight, great. If not, you still want to optimize that as well. And this is something that not only does it make you feel and look your best in real time, but it sets you up for a world of success when you go through your hormonal transition perimenopausally into your postmenopausal years so that you don't sort of fall off the cliff and gain all this weight and feel like a different person, right? And so it's an exciting thing to be able to offer finally the first lifestyle program that really factors in women's hormonal biological reality and not just assume that we're smaller versions of men and somehow it should work for us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, over the years, the amount of women that have come to me with the whole calorie tracking piece and at TSN, we really focus on ranges. I'm very big on ranges because without even knowing a lot of this research that you're describing, you know, as a woman growing up, it was always put down my throat, like, you know, one calorie range, enter it on my fitness pal. That was the obsession. When in reality, there are times where your hunger is also changing unrelated to your cycle. And it's like, we need to also play into our bodies and how we're feeling as we're going through our health journey. And it feels like so much of the work that you're doing is related to not just our hormones, but also how we're feeling and, and realizing that we function differently than men do at its core. I love what you're talking about because it's really about that sort of sense of intuitive eating. But here, here's the thing. I want to take that a step further, right? You have to, women have been encouraged to do intuitive eating, which is a great first step. But so many of us feel so disconnected from our bodies because we've been disconnected from our cycles. You know, we haven't even talked about whether or not you're on birth control, which we can talk about and how that affects your metabolism and everything. But it's a nice framework. If you're somebody who feels a little disconnected from your body, from your feeling, and frankly, so many of us have been raised with a dysfunctional relationship with food where we don't know if we're full or hungry, or we're just afraid to get it wrong. And so having the framework of the four phases. And so there's an app that I built to help women do this called the my flow tracker. And you can know with precision, okay, I'm in this phase. I may not be familiar with all these feelings that I'm having, but I know that this is what I'm supposed to do here. And over time, the more you follow the the sort of structure, the more familiar you get with yourself and the better you're able to follow that intuitive eating mandate, right? Because it should be intuitive. You should intuitively know, oh, I'm ovulating because of how I'm feeling. Oh, I'm in my luteal phase because of how I'm feeling and I'm hungrier and I'm going to eat, right? Absolutely, yeah. And not just eat cookies, but eat things that are nutrient dense that are going to nourish you deeply. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a way to give us a little science to walk over as a bridge till we get to a place of comfort with that relationship and that intuition that we have. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. So I want to go back to the pill conversation and some of the metabolic changes because the number one question I've been getting in my DMs is Lauren, what happens to my metabolism when I'm on the pill? You know, does the weight gain just occur out of anywhere? You know, obviously weight gain just can't come out of thin air, but how our hormones are obviously impact how we metabolize food. So I want to know your perspective and the science. Tell me on, on the pill, 
what happens to our metabolism and why do we gain weight as females? It's not good news. So I'm just going to preface it. (laughs) But I do have excellent news. Okay. So let me start with the excellent news first. Science and technology evolves over the decades, over the millennia, you know, it's where we are today with our technology is like people in the 1900s couldn't even conceive of it. Think about when the pill was created. Okay. It was in the forties, right? 1940s. It was a huge technological advance for women in their reproductive years to be able to control their reproduction, which is a positive thing, right? Totally positive. I mean, gosh, you could, you couldn't, you couldn't have somebody who's more pro your, you know, your having access to everything than me. But it's old tech now. It's older tech. And it's kind of like overkill, right? Because you're shutting off your infradian rhythm. You're shutting down all your reproductive hormone production when you take that medication. That's how it works, right? It's older tech. It's kind of like a blanket approach. Like, let's just shut it all down and shut off ovulation. And then that's how we can control reproduction. The newer tech, and this is what the excellent news is, the new, if you've been under the assumption that that's the only way to prevent pregnancy, let me update you and upgrade you as Beyonce would say. Here's how it works. Now there are, um, there's wearable technology that can with extreme precision tell you when you are ovulating. And this is important because especially for any of you who've ever had struggles with your fertility, you know that you only have a 48 hour window in which the egg is viable. Which is mind-blowing to me. I always two think days. <laughs> two days once you've ovulated, right? Now, yeah. ovulation can happen at any time if you have irregular cycles or crazy things can happen. So having reliable technology that can let you know, oh, it's happening is what you need. We haven't had that until now. And so using a blanket approach of shutting off ovulation was a really good approach. Now we have this new tech that allows you to know. And so when that's happening and when you know you're fertile, then you can do a couple of things, right? Because sperm can live in the body for five days. So we have a seven-day period of time we have to cover for at most. So you can know with precision when it's happening. You can use a barrier method on the male partner side. But now there's even this newer tech, which is FDA approved and super exciting. I should be a spokesperson and get paid, but I just do it because I think it is important for women to know about. And there's two companies, Flexi or Fexi, P-H-E-X-X-I. And we, like the French, yes, O-U-I. And they're both the same thing, right? Where you have a, it's a vaginal inserted gel that changes the pH of the vagina and makes it completely like no go for the sperm. There's no hormones. There's no like chemical that you have to worry about. It's lactic acid. It's the stuff that's like you put on your skin. It's milk, you know, it's lactic acid. So super easy. It's amazing. And it will give you the peace of mind. If you didn't want to use a barrier method, let's say you're in a long-term relationship and you're just not down with that anymore. You can use this gel, you put it in, it washes out. It's no big deal. And you do that in conjunction with a great wearable device, right? Then you don't have to use the tech, the old tech of shutting off all your hormones, right? It's like overkill because your egg is only viable for two days. You know what I mean? It's like too much for not enough. It's like literally turning off the lights when it's like, they don't need to be off like the whole month. (laughs) They don't need to be off the whole month. Exactly. And why would you not want them off the whole month? Because you're like, well, that's just easier. I'm used to taking the pill. I don't want to have to do the tracking and the gel. It's like a hassle. Okay. Maybe, but maybe you don't realize what your, your opportunity cost is, what it's costing you to, to use that old technology. 
every ovulation that you have puts money in your health bank account for when you are no longer menstruating mm-hmm. in, a, in three specific ways. It protects your brain when you no longer menstruate. It protects your heart when you no longer menstruate. And it protects your bone density when you're no longer menstruating. It does that, by the way, in real time and also banks it for the future. You want every ovulation you can get mm. in your reproductive years. And the pill shuts it down. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here and maybe this is oversharing guys, but I've been on birth control since like for as long as I can remember, because your girl has not been wanting to have a baby. Um, and knowing that it impacts not just fertility, but your brain health and all these other mechanisms in your body, like this shit's fucking wild to be quite honest. In fact, I recommend for you just to do your own learning a little bit more about it is to read your brain on birth control. Mm. Uh, Dr. Sarah Hill, I recommend this book to everyone because you're not even the same you cognitively or personality wise on this medication because your hormones absolutely factor into your personality, your behavior, how you creatively go about your life. Um, I cannot tell you in my clinical practice, what it's been like to watch women come off of this medication and like discover entire careers, change careers, change relationships, not to mention there's the sweaty t-shirt study that they did over in Oxford. When you're on this medication, it changes your sort of certain receptor sites in your body, not exactly pheromones, but we're, we're hardwired to be attracted to the scent of a person who is the most immunologically divergent from us so that our offspring have a chance to be the most immunologically strong. When you're on the pill, you are attracted to the person who is immunologically most similar to you, which can create fertility problems down the road and can be something that you notice about your partner when you go off this medication. Like, do I still like you? That's really funny. (laughs) It is. Don't tell Josh that. (laughs) (laughs) No. And actually a lot of guys in the biohacking space, they know about this and they, um, they want to make sure before they get into a committed relationship that the woman is not on this medication so they can make sure that they're actually jiving Oh God, at, you know, so it's, it's wild, right? Funny, but like wild. <laughs> like I just have a lot of thoughts on it. But how it affects your metabolism, and this is so that's all the good news and the interesting things to know. Yeah, we um, want to know the weight loss metabolism. The weight loss metabolism stuff is basically because you are shutting off. You know, you're reducing estrogen, you're reducing progesterone levels. You basically put yourself in a place where your body is just not having any of this opportunity to really efficiently use stored fat. So you may find that you gain weight that just doesn't come off. And it also affects your ability to gain lean muscle. So it, it's, a, it's a frustrating combination, especially if you're trying to lose Matter weight. and less muscle. Like literally the opposite of what we're trying to have going on here. Not good for, from a weight loss point of view. Yeah. And also I'm thinking not just, you know, obviously a lot of women listening to the show from the confidence perspective, they want to look a certain way, feel toned and fit and feel confident and healthy. But from a health perspective, increased fat mass and adiposity and lower muscle mass. I mean, when we hit 30, like that already gets worse with all of the bone loss we have. And then as we get older and older, then menopause hits. And then it's just setting us up for literal metabolic failure when we get older. It's important. And that's why I think it's so important to be armed with the, the right information to make the decisions that actually move the needle. Because I do know what it's like to be way overweight, to be doing 
quote unquote, all the things you're supposed to be doing, working out, cardio every day, restricting calories, low fat, no, like the whole thing. Right. And like making no progress. And it really is remarkable once you start to work with your hormonal patterns, just how effortless this becomes, you know, not only did I lose that 50 pounds once, but after my pregnancy, I was able to do that as well without any extreme anything. Like it's so much, it's so much easier to go with the flow of your hormones. That's why the book is called in the flow. I want you to be (laughs) in the flow. There's an effortlessness um, to this when you really support your biology accurately. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm so on the same page as you in the, in the sense of this should feel easy. I always say weight loss is not always easy, but truly fueling your body and weight loss should get to the place where this all feels very easy. And it's like going with the flow. Like you said, like the the whole idea of being in the flow when you're in like that work zone and you're vibing and like, you're in that really good place. Like we all need to get to that place with food and fitness for us to be our healthiest and hottest versions of ourselves. Everything you're describing is not a diet. No, not not at all. strict program, like no. everything you're describing. And I know the audience, the method same, it's a method and framework. Method. And honestly, it's a way of understanding your body at its core. Like this is not a diet. This is truly yeah. learning how to, how to optimize your body and your hormones and actually help you live a successful life. Yeah. I mean, listen, fundamentally, I believe that the form of our self-care as women should follow the function of our biology. Oh, right. And so this framework is my ode to our biological function. And it's the sort of, you know, the method by which you can support it. Oh, I love it so much. Well, I want to end off talking about a little bit more about nutrition. I know different phases of the cycle, our cycles, not the cycle, our cycles, our individual cycles um, impact the types of foods you recommend, but any quick tips we could leave the listeners with regarding certain foods during certain times or any vitamins and minerals that come to mind, um, just because obviously the what you eat is so important. Yeah. So In the luteal phase, we do a lot with slow burning carbohydrates because your metabolism is faster in order to support that rapid burning through your calories. You have to eat more nutrient dense cooked foods, higher fats, and much more slower, high fiber carbohydrates. So beans, root vegetables. And if you do grains, certain grains, you know, I'm always a fan of things like quinoa and things that are sort of like the pseudo grains, buckwheat, but you know, you can use that to your advantage in that luteal phase, but you don't need to do it in your ovulatory phase. If you don't want to do grains, if you don't want to do root vegetables, go nuts with your smoothies and your salads and your juices for the time that's appropriate for your body. Also, interestingly enough, during ovulation, the body is the hottest because of all that estrogen surge. So having the cooling raw foods is also good from a temperature point of view too, and on and on. So there's four different phases. They all have a specific type of food that helps do two things. One, make adequate levels of hormones, right? Because so many of us in our, especially in diet culture, we deprive ourselves of protein and fat and your hormones are manufactured from amino acids and stabilized in lipid rings. So that's translation, protein and fat required to have healthy hormonal function. And if you don't eat enough of those things in continuity, then you can become deficient and have issues with progesterone production, estrogen production, it can affect your ovulation, your cycle, PMS, you know, the quality of your bleed, the whole thing. Instead of looking out, we need to look in. You know, the way out is in, in Fradian. That's what I like to say. 
the way out of this chaos of like not feeling good in your body and, you know, diet craze. I mean, we didn't even talk about intermittent fasting, but that's another thing that I think is so a great example of how we're told that we should just take on some latest study, right? Intermittent fasting was studied on men and postmenopausal women. When I'm postmenopausal, you will find me intermittent fasting my pants off. But until then, I will be cycle syncing because this is the only thing that factors in my biology. And the studies show that for women in the reproductive years, intermittent fasting has the opposite effect of all the benefits that it pr- provides for men and postmenopausal women. So why do it? Well, the, you do it because the, the journalism about it isn't helping you connect the dots <laughs> to understand that the studies were done on a specific gender cohort. So you think it applies to you and you try it and then, oh, gee, your period goes crazy. Your sex drive is not what it used to be. You're gaining weight. You're, you're not- overeating at 3 p.m. because you're freaking hungry and ignoring your hunger from- Oh, your thyroid is now becoming dysfunctional, you know, right? So it's a great example of how this whole system needs to be up. We need to be included in research. Journalism has to do a better job of really saying very clearly, yes, this new study came out and it was done on this gender cohort, this age cohort, so that if you're not in that cohort, it's not applicable to you. (laughs) And we also have to start really putting the infradian rhythm on the map as a real conversation. You know, the circadian rhythm is well known around the world, but every every girl from puberty to her last period needs to understand and support her infradian rhythm if she's going to feel and look her best. Mic drop. Boom. You are the best. I mean, obviously we kind of know where to find you, but do a shameless little plug. Tell me where we can find you. (laughs) You can get my books on Amazon. First one's called Woman Code. Second one is called In the Flow. If you need any help with your hormones, you can go to flowliving.com. And by the way, this is flow without a W because that's how I do it. And then there's myflowtracker.com. And again, that has the circle icon, not the feather. Um, It's the only cycle syncing app there as well. And um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook at Flow Living and at Elisa.vd. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. 